0: All right, we're going to move uh, right to our next guest, and uh, he is joining us from Coronado, California, down the street here, uh, Don Finn from Think HR, Uh, and Don is an attorney and VP at Think HR, and they offer online HR tools, live help, and training to more than 70,000 small and medium-sized businesses nationwide, and Don's going to talk about the Inspired Workforce. Don, thanks so much for joining us. How are you today?
1: Uh, Very good, and thanks for having me coming on here. I enjoyed listening to Laura.
0: Well it's fascinating. Uh, we've had a great show today, and and we're going to end up with you. So I hope you. I hope there's no pressure, but I hope uh, you have some good <laughs> things to share with us. <laughs> uh, fact, I'm, I'm and, and the good thing
1: is, uh, I'm a little bit up north. I'm in uh, the at the mothership I Think HR. That's located in Pleasanton. So, you know, you have Exit Radio, and I sold my business to them last year. And I'm on my two-year contract, and I love being with these folks.
0: Well fantastic. Well that's great. Tell us about Think HR. What's it what's the company all about? What do you do for clients?
1: Uh, we uh do three basic things. So one, we we have online resources and you know, so who's ever in HR, or who's ever handling that type of function can go online and know about the laws, know about how to hire, do all those types of things. So we have an award reading online portal. Uh, the second thing that we do is we have uh, about 24 people sitting around answering phone calls all day long. It's our live team, so you know, typical of a lot of the entrepreneurs, they don't have full-time HR executives. You and I are both fairly familiar with the Vistage organization. Um, those people a lot of times don't have full-time HR. They don't know what they don't know, and for them, I'd rather have them just pick up the phone. And so mm-hmm. we have handled over 180,000 calls, and we have an enormous database as a result. And they, people just love our service there. And the third thing is we have a training portal with over 400 titles in it. And I believe that training today is just so important. One thing I always challenge employers: I said, you know, uh, you 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 can, can get lost in how you think about things. You know, people on a show like this, the natural learners. Uh, but if you ask your workforce, how many of you even spent a hundred dollars to educate yourself on anything in the last year? How many people do you think can really raise their hand? So if you don't many, put people uh, in a system yeah. where they learn, they don't
0: learn. That's just the the reality of it.
1: So Those it, are three things that uh, we
0: do. So you're a great resource for businesses that say, you know, we we want to get um, top-notch help because being being a business owner today with employees means a bit of having a target on your back you really need to understand what's going on what all the rules and regulations cuz they change so much every year and give your employees um and your 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 hr people somewhere that they can turn to to get that help with without spending a lot of time or uh, or money on it i guess right
1: uh, it's, it's easier to pick up a phone call and get a response from a hotline team than spend $400 bucks, uh, an
0: hour with a lawyer. <laughs> That's a good point. What's the first thing that you want business owners to know about HR?
1: Well, and I'll, and I'll follow along the lines of the presentation I gave to the Vistage CEOs, and the first thing we do is I help them. I have a little document that a 150 things that we have to worry about in HR is to understand the breadth of HR, So everybody that starts a business, me included, you have to know your product really well. You know how to have to market and sell your product, and you have to collect the money that comes in. So we're very good about operations, sales, and finance, and those people tend to report to us. Not a single entrepreneur had to know HR to start their business. And many of them, I kid around them. Why would they know great HR? Most of them wouldn't know great HR if hit them in the head. There's no reason. They don't read any books on HR. They hate HR the whole nine yards. So as a result of that, they they have an expectation they place on somebody who they give that role to. That's unfair. They 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 they're just thinking of very small basic things about HR, not realizing it's a very big world that they're stepping these people into, and they do need help. So that's the first thing uh, that mm-hmm. I, that I tell everybody to really worry about. And the second thing is I have them really understand the math of HR. So they know the math of sales really well. Sometimes they know the math of operations, but very few of them know the math of HR. Very few HR people know the math of HR. When I'm training HR people, I teach them math. And if you look at the basic things that happen HR, hiring people, uh, losing people, getting them to produce, um, paying them benefits, uh, dealing with their work comp claims, dealing with their employment practices claims, you add all those variances up, it's never less than 10% of payroll. So we actually go through a worksheet where we have all these figures and they add them up. And so if you've got 25 employees at $40,000 apiece, you've got a million in payroll, I can show you you have at least $100,000 HR variance, which is to be expected. The greatest variance in any organization is on the soft stuff. Sales, you know, one has a sales guy that sells the other one. That's 100% variance, right? Customer service mm-hmm. has a great deal of variance. HR has a great deal of variance. Hopefully operations doesn't or you get hit with product liability and malpractice claims all the time. Hopefully finance doesn't or, or you'd be in jail. But on the soft stuff, the people stuff is where all the variance exists and so does the greatest competitive opportunity. So the thing to understand is the numbers are very real. We go through the numbers and let's say it's that $100,000 variance. Now what kind of revenue are you going to have to bring in to put that hundred grand back in your pocket? And it's going to be at least four to one. So you have to bring in at least four hundred thousand dollars. So one thing I helped them do is to connect the dots. You understand that your poor HR practices put an incredible burden on your sales team, because who else is going to make up for them? Mm. And when they start getting that, and you know, all right, how many more sales? How many more dollars? Oh my God! Just because we had one bad hire, a- and it really start understanding it, you know. So that that fifty grand that came out of your pocket because you made a bad hire. You're going to have to bring in 200 grand just to put the 50 grand back in your pocket and break even and not even get in the head at that point. So, the math is really important to understand. Unfortunately, most HR people don't
0: understand the math very well. Well, you just made a, a tremendous amount of, of sense, I'm sure, for most of the people listening. They, they probably haven't thought, or they may have thought about the breadth of HR, but not so much the math of HR. And it, it can be a, a tremendous burden on your company, like you say, if you have poor practices because of those extra costs. And, uh, you know, we we know people are complicated. Why do we think HR – why do most people think HR is easy? And I'll say this kindly because
1: historically, and I see it changing, it's not been a high IQ function. How many people that are rocket scientists get attracted to going to the HR department? Now the, there are million-dollar HR executives. They work at public companies, um, but for the most part, HR has been poo-pooed so much that who's excited about saying at the cocktail party they work in HR, right? So it's not attracted the top echelon executives, but that's changing. I, I see that changing. I mean, they're now having courses in college where you can graduate with HR degrees. That's only that's only happened in the last ten years. So we're actually paying some attention to it. We're
0: dealing with a legacy problem in a lot of our organizations. Well, it's become a bit of a science. But not only do you have to understand that there are a lot of technical uh, impositions that are placed onto HR uh, departments every single year there's another wave of new legislation but there's also socio socio and economical things that are happening people are uh, different generations are coming to work and need to be managed and different expectations and so you have six uh the brain drain of the baby boomers that are leaving in uh, or maybe morphing into another role with the company there is a lot of uh there's a lot going on in the hr department isn't there
1: a lot of dynamics it and a lot of it's going on whether you have the hr department or not it's still happening
0: <laughs> and so some of these things are, are you know start with hiring great employees so how do we how do we hire better or great employees yeah,
1: the first thing to understand is that it's the tipping point uh, who you hire is just like who you marry is a tipping point in your marriage, <laughs> it solves most problems down the road. Who you hire solves most problems down the road, and I see very little difference between dating and hiring. You know, if if you don't think you can get the attractive mate, you won't try to. You know, if you don't think you get somebody that that's financially sound, you won't try to. So, you get what you expect to get. You know, and reality is half of employers have a better expectation than the other half, don't they? Uh, half mm-hmm. of employees yeah. out there are better than the other half. And my starting point question is, which half do you have? How would you even know? So one of the things is we live in a big role of assumption. And I encourage people to get very clear. So if you're big, good to great fans, you know, Collins book a couple of years ago, everybody wants to be mm-hmm. in the top 10%. Well, what are you doing to do that? Are you determined to hire at the top 10% of employees? And how do you go about doing that? How do you know if they're in the top 10%? So many employers have an, in, an inherent fear. So I kid around at the visage workshop and I go, okay, how many of you would like to have the top 50% of employees? And they'll raise their hand I said, how many would you like to do what it takes to get the top 25% of employees? Again, they raise their hand. Now, how many of you would be willing to do what it takes to, do to get the top 10% of employees? And you see their entire body language change. And why? Hmm. The fear kicks in. Where am I going to find them? How do I do that? And as a good Buddha says, what comes to you comes from you. And if you don't intend to get the top 10% of employees, guess what? You never will. So the first part Mm -hmm. is to really decide who you are and what you want on the bus, as Collins says. And then you work backwards from that. And Covey said, begin with the end in mind. Well, the end in mind is we only hire the top 10%. Then the question is, how do we go about doing that? So there are some good steps. and, And the first thing to do is to attract people. You, you, you don't go finding the top 10%. You attract the top 10%. Does Google have to go find anybody? No, they're, they're an employer of choice. And I don't care if you're the local plumber or financial firm or other types of owners on the, the program today, that there is an employer of choice in your marketplace. And if you're not it, why not? So, you look at Zappos, they have a very basic business. They stick shoes in a box, okay? It doesn't get much more complicated than, than that. They've made themselves an employer of choice of Monk's Warehouse employees in Las Vegas, you know, because mm-hmm. they chose to be the employer of choice. They don't have to go find anybody. People knock on the door. Southwest Airlines doesn't have to go find anybody, US Air does, you know. So, mm-hmm. being an employer of choice and attracting people is. Uh, the starting point of all of it you know are you worth a 10 percent employee and then Mm -hmm. once let's just say you've attracted a high level of employee then the question is how do you know what you've got on your hands and what you're really hiring for is trust Uh, you and i get the work that we Mm -hmm. do because people trust us because we're good at what we do and we're passionate about what we do and that makes us trustworthy same with any employee so you can test for the skill set and guess what it helps a Business owner hire a CFO, so half the CFOs are above average and half of them are below average, right?
0: Mm-hmm. How would you okay. know
1: what, what you've got in front of you? you? You don't have that expertise to discern through, so you test them. Guess what? You know their their substantive language is gap analysis. Well, you can have them ha- take a gap test, and guess what? You'll know exactly where they stand on gap analysis instead of you guessing about it. And if you want to hire mm-hmm. the top 10 percent. Then you're going to say, all right, uh, amongst these different categories, if we aggregate, every, if everybody scores in at least the top 20% aggregated, they'll probably be in the top 10%. So we can say, all right, we're going to hit a benchmark of top 20% in all these different categories. And if we do that, we'll end up hiring the top 10%. So, you know, I want a top 10, 20% in gap analysis. And then what substantive program do they run their business on? Well, QuickBooks. Guess what? We'll test on that too. We want a top 20% of QuickBooks. And and then we're gonna do these personality profiles. You've probably had guests on mm-hmm. that do that. Sure. And you know, according to Gladwell, there's uh in Blink there's twenty five hundred of them. So as I tell the employers, guess what? The best one is the one you use. And mm-hmm. they're very good at discerning people's, you know, their 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 personalities. So if I'm hiring a CFO, I want a very detailed personality. If somebody doesn't have a high attention to detail I'd be really concerned about hiring them as a CFO. Now, when it comes to a salesperson, that's the last person I want to hire is somebody who's very attentive to detail and they're doing a high-technology sale. Uh, but they've got to be more of a relator type person. So these assessment tools are very valuable. And then the last part of it is the interview process. And m- most managers interview to be liked. It's just a deep, inherent need of ours to be liked, you know? And so... We dance around in a comfortable middle, never really getting to the tough questions and putting people under conditions that they may face in real world, and in real work, where not everybody agrees and everybody's under pressure. So when you're asking people questions, disagree with them, whether you, you really do or not, just to see how they react. You know, put them in tough positions. Ask them to answer tough questions that you have at your company. And then from an emotional standpoint, I ask two questions on two sides of the equation. One question is, what felt unfair to you at your last job? Now, imagine yeah. when you were one enough to ask that question when you were dating, right? So I ask people, what <laughs> felt unfair to you at your last job? And if they say nothing, they're lying. Why? You might own the company and things feel unfair, so I, I won't hire a liar. Uh, and then when they tell me what it is, I'll do it a six sigma trainer or a seven-year-old will do, I'll go five whys on them. So why is that unfair? They give me the answer, why that? Why that? and then you get your personality on full display and you understand how they're going to react to something that feels unfair while they work for you. It's a real shortcut to get to somebody's victimology. On the other side of the equation, we ask, what were you most excited about at your last job? Where is your energy lie? Where are you most productive? How can I put that position, person in that position here? So that's how we avoid the dance in the middle. We go to the two extremes, what felt unfair, what were you most
0: excited about?
1: Great interviewing questions.
0: And no, you, great, you, you, you great test. tips for us. Unfortunately, we're, gonna, we're running out a little out of time right now, and I want you to be able to tell okay. our listeners how to get in touch with you. Great tips, though. I've, I, I'm taking notes like crazy here. How do our listeners get in touch with you?
1: Um, first of all, my email address is simple enough. It's d fin. That's p h i n. So Don Finn, d Finn p h i n at think hr. Just the way it sounds. T H I N K H R dot com. And, you know, if you contact me, uh, you can see the Think HR thing. I uh, can easily set you folks up for a, a, a free trial of the program. You can see what we're doing. Uh, I tell the business owners, if you've got 15 or more employees, you need a program, whether it's our program or somebody else's program. Make sure you have some resources for that HR person so they can do their job right. It, that If it helps you prevent one bad hire or one turnover or one drama or one anything, Within a year, it'll pay for itself many
0: times over. Great information. It, it's been great to have you on. You've really given us a lot to think about and a lot of great tips. I love the uh, uh, the hiring tips and the breadth of HR and the math of HR. And um, I'd love to have you back on again sometime so we can talk more in depth about what you do at uh, at Think HR. And uh, again, for our listeners. Um, get in touch with Don. Go to the website, thinkhr.com. And, again, Don, thanks so much for joining us today.
1: And before before I leave you, remember you had asked me what things can they, if they contact me, will I give them? There's two things I'll give them. One is I wrote a book about what I learned about building, building a business. And, I, as you know, I saw it. It's called From Chaos to Order, and I'll send them that ebook. And I, okay. I also did another book that you would love called The Visionaries Workbook where I talk about, everybody from Napoleon Hill to Stephen Covey and say, you know, how would they advise you about your business? And it's a good workbook to go through, very helpful. So if somebody emails me, I'll send them those two documents.
0: That sounds fascinating. That sounds great. All right, well, thanks so much for joining us. It's uh, been a real pleasure to have you on. And, um, again, we'll be we'll get in touch with you and uh, love to have you on again sometime soon and get more in-depth on some of these topics. Thanks, back at you. Uh, all right we take a short break. We'll be right back after this, so please stay with us. You're listening to one of many shows on ExitCoachRadio.com. We're interviewing advisors, authors, and thought leaders for their best tips, ideas, and precautions so you can be well-planned. If you'd like to be a guest on any of our shows, go to guest.exitcoachradio.com. Exitcoachradio.com. Come listen for a minute.